Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Waruna Buaneka, a Salesforce CTA and enterprise architect. Waruna talks us through his education and early career, including his initial exposure to consulting and some of his early lessons. We discuss what Waruna learned from working in a family-run business for several years and how he had a varied and broad role when he returned into the consulting world and why this was beneficial. Waruna explains why he wanted to pursue the CTA and what gaps he identified that he had when he started the journey. He shares how he benefited from being part of a CTA study group and how his skill set grew along the way. Since becoming a CTA, Waruna has stepped into an enterprise architect role. So we discuss why this appealed to him, what he does day to day, and how it feels to work with a broader audience who may not necessarily understand the significance of the CTA and the sacrifices it takes to achieve this goal. I hope you enjoy the episode. Waruna, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. No, it's great to have you. We, um, we've had a lot of, uh, I know your friends, your study buddies, people that you've worked with over the years on the podcast. Um, so I'm really excited to hear your journey because obviously every journey is unique. And yeah, you've obviously had some major achievements through your career and, and we'll unpick those. But I always uh, like to begin at the start of your journey. And I guess when you were growing up, what did you initially want to do as a career? And, and then also when you finished your, your studies, what kind of roles were you targeting at that time? Yeah, Ben, uh, so I had always liked to be uh, learn about IT as well as business. So I was like always debating between the two. So when I was in college, uh, when I had to pick my major, again, I was debating should I go to business school or should I be on a computer science uh, major? Fortunately, I found this MIS, uh, MIS uh, kind of a discipline where it kind of combines IT and business together. So it was a perfect opportunity for me because I can learn about both areas. So now I kind of focus on MIS uh, as my background. After that, I joined Ernst uh, Young Consulting, doing a lot of uh, business consulting with the uh, technology background. So that kind of that's what, that was my dream. I was able to uh, learn my learnings, education, practice when I joined consulting. Yeah, nice. So, so you, I guess you didn't go down the computer science path, but as part of an MIS, do you do any coding? Like, had you come from that coding kind of discipline? Yeah, before I did my degree, when I did diploma in computer science kind of thing. So, where I did learn about few languages, started from like Newton, COBOL, Visual Basic, Java, C++. So, I had that background in terms of coding. So, and then when you joined Ernst Young, it was more like business technology consulting, so combining your two passions. But what does that mean for someone that doesn't understand, I guess, the, the, the world of that kind of really um, consulting uh, broader than just implementation? When you're on a project, you get to learn, uh, like, as you go through the kind of your career, you get different roles, right? So based on the need, you might be a kind of business analyst, part of delivery. I fortunately was able to like be on a CRM project, so I got to learn about the CRM concepts. So that kind of helped me uh, as I moved towards uh, Salesforce. To answer the question, yes, it's based on the need. So, so when you first got your break into that kind of CRM world, did, did you ever move back outside of that, or has that always been the constant then since? Yeah, so when I joined that like, 98 timeframe, uh, Ernst Young, 
that's the time when CRM was like picking up and Siegel was a major player. And I was fortunate that I was one of the first two folks to get trained uh, by, by Western Young because they want to start the practice of consulting on, on, on Siegel. So fortunately, as I said, when I moved to Salesforce, similar concepts is applicable. There was a cloud application where you do the sales lifecycle or service of field operations. So those concepts are still the same. So I thought I was fortunate to, you know, what I learned was I was able to reuse. Mm -hmm. So like non-technical, but what kind of things did you learn as a consultant early in your career about being a good consultant that have kind of stayed with you throughout your career? Yeah, I learned a lot about like how to, like for example, if you want to uh, make a presentation or a proposal, it's not always all this technology, right? You have to make sure you make connections, relationships, how you tell a story, how you uh, package uh, what you want to tell. So that, that I learned a lot from consulting. So though I had a technical background with my managers, the VPs that I work with, it's not what you think that you always say, right? You have to kind of connect with the audience based on who's on the meeting. You have to make sure you tell a story that they can understand. So that's uh, one of the learnings I, I learned. And really, I'm really still uh, using that, uh, what I learned, whether I want to make a presentation or want to make a I guess that that kind of also we'll get to the CTA journey, but I guess that was also useful experience and, and knowledge to gain and, and I guess lessons to carry through to that point, because I guess that that's also part of the whole uh, presentation is, is storytelling. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You make a presentation, how to do the subject, the subheading, the content, how it should flow, from what directions, all matters. You spent some time, um, I think it was around five years, you went um, to Sri Lanka, you were working there in between jobs you've had in, in the US. Now, looking at LinkedIn, that, that role seemed to be a bit different from what you'd done in the past. So can you tell me about what you kind of gained from that experience? Yeah, Ben, so I, for some personal family reasons, I, I went to Sri Lanka, the way I was born. And uh, it was a family business that I was involved with. But I was still working on the business side and again on IT. So there are, you kind of build a field operation, like a field uh, mobile lab. So during that time, that really helped me uh, to, I work, I, I was able to like uh, go with the field uh, team to see how they use the app, get the feedback. That really helped me to figure out like rather than staying in office and behind a computer, how you should uh, think as an end user, right? Uh, when you're on the field, it's totally different. For example, you know, inside a building with, with few walls, few uh, floors on, on top of you, you would not get a better signal. Right? In that time, if you don't have a strength of a signal, how do you use a mobile app? Those kind of concepts, and when you're on a remote area, the, again, strength is not good. So how you, how you for example, compete for order. And also when you're driving, you know, the way you do the presentation is totally different because you have to be safe driving more is enabled. You don't have much time to look at screen. So all this uh, thinking as an user uh, kind of helped me. When I was on the business side, I was uh, working with the how you negotiate contracts and all. So that kind of helped me because we you know doing RFPs uh, and so, uh, so on, how to do pricing. Uh, so that I learned a lot uh, while I was uh, doing uh, at the time. Do you, do you think that kind of further broadened your, not just technical understanding, but like, because you'd been in consulting, but then when you go into working, it was a family business, but when you go into working for a customer, I guess, like a business that that uses the technology internally. Did that kind of shape a different way of thinking from you from always having been a consultant? Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, since it was family business, of course, we look at the bottom line, right? Uh, how to not spend on unwanted things. So when I'm in consulting, also, I was I always look at the uh, side from a, a customer. You know, if, if I was a customer, how would I feel, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's really valuable experience. And we see often people stay in consulting or stay on the customer side. But I think if you can marry the two at some point in your career, you can learn things on both sides that will help on the other side of the fence. And, and when you did return to the US, I know your role was delivery solution architecture. Now, obviously, solution architecture is a role that we know well, a solution architect. But the, the delivery part of that title makes me think that maybe you were also involved in like project management and delivery management. Was that the case? And, and if that is so, did that project management, delivery management side of experience give you new knowledge, new exposure that you didn't already have? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Actually, when I, when I came back, I got a role as a business analyst. Uh, so I, I started with that particular role. It was an open need uh, uh, when I rejoined FedGemini. Uh, so I took the role and became a delivery manager on, on the particular engagement. Definitely gave me a kind of overall delivery view of the project. Right? You're just not the Salesforce recommendation, but the overall delivery, how things should be connected to like, in terms of integrations, how you can manage dependencies with other teams. So that uh, role gave me a different advantage of learning how to manage a complex project and just not your Salesforce recommendation. Uh, so when, when did you start performing the role of an architect? So when, before I went to Sri Lanka, I, I was in a, a big projects on finance, financial institutions. So on those uh, projects, uh, I, some projects I was the integration lead. So I was not the overall architect, but I was focused on integrations or sometimes on the data, data side, on the data loading and so on. So that helped me to architect roles. Do I have different segments of, of roles? Like, for example, sometimes without head of development, a lot of integrations. So that being the broader, or let's say in-depth focus on different areas, but I played the architect role on some of the projects. Uh, when I was in CAP, when architect was not a full-time role on, on a lot of projects. So you might play the architect role, especially on the beginning of the project, uh, or when you're doing the project reviews uh, to make sure the project is on track. By, while you know, not doing it, you might play the role of a delivery manager, right? Because you're uh, delivering the uh, project based on what you promise. So I took the architect goal based on project needs uh, and different uh, instances. What would you say over the years, all the different roles you've had, what would you say has been the most challenging? I had a project where I we did implementation in like three different countries, like the UK, uh, Canada, and Asia. And the challenge was that the, the way the product was used is very different. It was a, it was a, it was a sales team. Uh, but the way it was, uh, their local rules, the way you would do the sales cycles is very different by, by country. So that was a very good uh, experience for me to figure out, for example, you might do e-signature in Canada, very accepted. But when you go to like Hong Kong and those countries, e-signature, they don't like, sometimes they don't trust. That's the way that you know, the, the things operate. So you do a paper document or agreement to sign. It was a challenge, but also a good learning opportunity to understand how you know, in a global implementation, how things could differentiate uh, the way based on the culture or the way to do things. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Flow Republic. Flow Republic is the elite Salesforce Academy helping architects all over the world to realize their goal of becoming a Salesforce certified technical architect. The success that architects are having with Flow Republic is incredible. So if you are on your journey to CTA, then I highly recommend checking out flowrepublic.com to understand how they can help you. So uh, obviously, like you, you'd been doing bits of architecture, but it had kind of been combined amongst other roles and other responsibilities. Like when, when did you identify that you were going to pursue the CTA um, path? 
And what were your gaps, I guess? Because a lot of people that go down that path, they they are purely working as an architect, right? That's what they've been doing. They're, they, you know, they might be fully um, engaged on a Salesforce project as an architect for a long period of time, but you were doing bits of architecture amongst other things. So was it quite clear to you where you needed to to plug gaps in your knowledge and experience when you did go down the journey? Yeah, but I think there are gaps that I could cover. So uh, for example, like the uh, access management, I've done those kind of uh, projects uh, on and off, but you're not like full-time doing those kind of, you're not focused on these areas. So uh, CT allowed me to like, for example, do hands-on work on all the workflows that I did, all of them. So, uh, and also like uh, on DevOps, again, you set up the DevOps on some projects and you are like, you know, you move to different roles. With this uh, CTA kind of allowed me to kind of go in depth on certain areas, definitely. I was able to cover the gaps, uh, especially with studying with the study group, knowing your gaps, uh, it helped me to kind of uh, learn, just not reading, reading, but uh, also trying it out, making it operational and learning uh, hands-on, uh, really helping uh, in the time group that I'm doing as well. How, how did you feel about the study groups initially? Because I know, um, to me, it seems quite daunting, and uh, the idea of like being in one of these, like daunting in a way because you're presenting in front of people that you don't really know that well, and you're opening yourself up to feedback, right? And I think a lot of people are hesitant to go into these environments where they're, you know, you're doing a little mock review board in front of people that you, you don't really know. Was that a concern, or uh, um, were you worried or, or kind of scared to, to to do that initially, or was it quite natural for you? No, I mean, I was uh, definitely, uh, like, uh, some of the folks that I studied, they've been in the ecosystem for longer than I am. Some of them are very known people that I've study group. So I had to, like, study harder, much harder than them. So, but I was very confident of the knowledge that I have. So if they had a question, I would I would know how to answer. I would study, like, a few steps in depth. So that kind of allowed, gave me the confidence that I need uh, to go in front of anybody and uh, ask, uh, answer questions. And if they want to kind of just fill like, Challenge me, I could justify you know, my solutions. Confidence uh, gave me, uh, allowed me to like talk to folks, as I said, uh, maybe mock reviews and all, which helped me to kind of go in front of them and do a presentation and uh, answer go to the Q&A. I think that solid knowledge uh, or understanding gave me the confidence. If you hadn't joined a study group um, and you'd done it on your own, do you think you'd have got to the, the outcome that you did? Do you think you'd have eventually passed? And if so, like, how much longer do you think it would have taken to do it as a sole operator? I can't even imagine if I did myself how, how much time it would take. Uh, luckily, my study group was like, uh, my team, study team was like spread around the world. Like one is from Australia, one is from UK, and two from the US. So we had like a 24 hour clock running in terms of studying. You get together like in the morning. Since some of the folks, they are in depth on some areas, they could answer questions that you would have never thought about, right? Some, some of the areas with them kind of sort of scenarios. And also like all of them have one target that you want, they're all going to study and, and pass the exam. So that kind of encouragement plus that having the same mission uh, among all of us, uh, definitely I thought was very valuable. What was the actual, um, for you, the, the journey from, like, in terms of the, the moment you started to study for the CTA to passing, how did that kind of evolve? When I saw that the pyramid, I was still doing the, uh, uh, the basic uh, exams or the domain exams. So I, I did those and I, I knew that uh, going to the top of the pyramid is, is not just taking an exam, it's just a journey. So first of all, I have to convince uh, myself and my family, I want to make sure that they were okay with the 
So we investment how to do right? Just just not money, but the time that we have to take out from the family. So it's a huge commitment. Once we do the commitment, I, I really want to achieve that goal. And so I uh, made sure you know that uh, I have support uh, from all of them, from my company as well as the family, to uh, study and spend the time to achieve that goal. So having that clear direction and support also really helps. You. Yeah, and and what was the the duration? Do you think in total and and uh, like number of attempts and things like that? Oh yeah, so I studied like I would say two and a half years uh, then uh, the exam, and on my first attempt, I, I passed all sections except two. So I did do a retake on two sections, which uh, were integration and data. And when I did retake, I was able to pass that. So um, overall, it was the first attempt, but with a two section retake. That moment when you find out you've got to do a retake, like how does that feel? Because obviously you've already studied all this time. Is it deflating or do you see, do you take it as a positive that I've passed everything but two? Like well, what's the mental um, feeling like? First of all, I was surprised that I failed integration because that's one of the areas that I really studied and a lot of experience. But that retake uh, allowed me to kind of learn more about integration. So during that retake time, when I studied from NUSOC, I, I did a piece of education on NUSOC. So they kind of said, okay, hey, go and learn this uh, other integration patterns or do study more and more. But uh, there are, I would say I knew the concepts, but then I was not able to kind of figure out some of the integrations that I was not aware of. I was that gave an opportunity to kind of do uh, study in depth and also data, right? I was able to, with the retake, I was able to like, kind of understand the data model, like, go in depth of, uh, of data on the sales course. So I, I thought it was a good opportunity. Uh, it kind of, kind of gave me a knock, said, hey, go and study a bit more. So that was really, uh, I thought it was, I took it as a, as a challenge and uh, was able to study more and, and pass the exam. Yeah, focused on the positives, because I guess if you don't do that, then it can be, um, yeah, it can be a challenge, right? When you've already invested so much time to know that you've got to do more. I think if you can see it as a positive to go deeper and learn more, then that will set you up for success. So your your role now is, um, you, since you became a CTA, you're now an enterprise architect, which we sometimes see people with the title Salesforce Enterprise Architect, but your your role is broader than than just Salesforce. So what what is it you do as an enterprise architect in a big IT environment like you're in? Yeah, Ben, so uh, even though, like I said, enterprise uh, like the customer or the employer that I work with, for them, Salesforce is not everything. Right? So the, the Salesforce do play a role in, in certain areas, but in some other areas, you know, you might have a custom application or non-Salesforce uh, product is in use. So as an enterprise architect, so the learnings that you did in the CTA is still applicable, right? Because, uh, for example, Salesforce might have a, a mobile app, but we might be using custom uh, mobile app, but the concepts are very similar, right? Uh, or even the community might be available from Salesforce, but we might have a customer website. So, but still the concepts are the same, right? How you do integrations, how you would uh, look at the response times and so on. As an enterprise architect, I, I really still uh, reuse the learnings that I, that I had as part of CD journey. And I was able to kind of uh, apply it for the enterprise level where Salesforce is not everything. I mean, if you go with that open mind that uh, Salesforce is not everything, you might play a role in, in certain areas, but in other areas, you might have other products. And how to build an ecosystem, how to make sure things are working cohesively is, is a role that you prefer as, as an enterprise architect. So do you find that you enjoy working on, like, 
because obviously, like you said, your time isn't purely on Salesforce. Salesforce isn't everything to the business you work for. But do you find that you enjoy still working on Salesforce most? Or have you broadening your your remit and scope? Has that given you new areas of interest that you didn't even know you had before? Yeah, I still enjoy uh, uh, working on Salesforce, Ben, uh, definitely because the product is still evolving. There's a lot of uh, new uh, features, new products that comes in. So I, I still have to kind of be the learning, in a learning mode, right? Uh, when a new product is announced, how to, to make sure it fits our, our need, how to reuse, how to uh, use in a perfect way. So I, I still uh, have enjoyment in learning about that product and, and, and using it well. But also I, I do uh, learn about other like, custom products or other technologies that we have uh, as part of the overall ecosystem. So I, I do enjoy both sides. But uh, am I right in saying you, your knowledge would never go as deep in other areas now, like because you're enterprise level, like you wouldn't go as deep in terms of each technology as you have done in Salesforce because Salesforce was your kind of core that has then enabled you to broaden? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, it's hard to like go in depth, like in all, all areas, uh, given the, the landscape of products we have. So, but I, I, I don't want to lose uh, the things I learned on Salesforce. Right? So I should try to be like learning about, for example, if there's a new version or a new feature that comes on a, on a, on a mobile app, right? I'll still try to learn about the product, at least know something, uh, it's maybe a POC for myself. But in some areas, I, I don't have the time. So uh, I think I'd like have to strike a balance on where the focus uh, on learning and doing that. So we, we see often, you know, someone that goes down the journey of becoming a CTA, they typically, they go and work for a partner, um, they work at Salesforce, um, they might be a contractor. We don't always see CTAs going on to being enterprise architects or working for customers in that kind of broad architecture capacity outside of Salesforce. So do you think the, the CTA credential is actually more valuable to an end customer than they might realize? Also, ben, I think uh, it's also like some, some, some of the customers, they might, uh, though CTA is, is very known in the in Salesforce uh, world, might not be known outside of that uh, ecosystem. Uh, sometimes you have to kind of educate themselves so they might not know right off the bat. So uh, sometimes, like, uh, when you, based on the contribution you make, uh, then they would know the value that you bring. But it's not all the time where they would say, hey, it's a CTA, who knows what he's talking. That's not the reception you would get all the time. Because it's, it's not uh, in, the, in the overall ecosystem. And a few people might know about the commission. Yeah, which must be strange to you, like obviously having come from the Salesforce ecosystem where you have this, the credential, like you go into a meeting, everyone in the Salesforce world knows what a CTA has done and achieved to become a CTA. Was that strange at first when you like when, when you might be having discussions with other architects and they might just like you, you've just gone through two and a half years of constant, constant revision, studying, practice, mocks, everything to get to that point. Did it feel strange that maybe you sat at a table with people that don't appreciate it for what, what it is or don't know about it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a shift of, of how you think. Uh, it, was, it was a bit of sh was shocking, but I had to accept that the reality as well. So. so what would you say to other architects that are um, like coming up now, like in terms of, you know, often people see Salesforce as that's all they want to do. Um, and obviously, you need to know more than just Salesforce to be a CTA. You have to know broader and, and um, you know, the, the topics outside of Salesforce and, and areas that you, you, you have to be strong on to pass the CTA. But often people just want to work on Salesforce projects. What would you say to people about broadening and, and you know, going down that enterprise architecture route in the future to broaden their skill set and knowledge? 
Firstly, when I I really felt uh, learning about the other clouds like AWS uh, and so on, how some some sometimes they are in advance in certain areas, uh, and Salesforce plays uh, very they are in advance in some areas. So uh, I thought it's interesting to know how how same concepts are being being used by like Salesforce and AWS and other cloud technologies. I thought it's uh, interesting to know other other platforms. But uh, you're right, Ben. Uh, sometimes you know Salesforce, you want to kind of focus on a particular area, let's say field service, and then be very good at it. Do you think now knowing more, um, having exposed, been exposed to other technologies, do you think it would make you a better Salesforce architect now than you were before you stepped into the enterprise architecture role? I think so. When, uh, I, for example, I know that uh, some of the other technologies where they're good at. Right? So if they're using Salesforce, it's the same thing. So I would know, for example, how to bring it in par with other, other uh, features. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, especially at an enterprise, even when you're doing a Salesforce project, I feel there are other technologies always playing a role, like, uh, for example, maybe integrations. We can always have different technologies for our ERP, uh, HR, right? Uh, or you might have a different technology on, on a mobile app or the customer website. So, but as I said, when the learnings you had on the journey is still, still applicable, right? Those technologies are different. The way you do DevOps is, is very similar across all, all products, right? So. That kind of concept is truly going to help you. It helped me as well. But the, having the broader knowledge also, I thought it's very useful. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much. We, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed unpacking that and understanding what is possible outside of the, the Salesforce world once you kind of get to that enterprise level. So if anyone has any questions or, or wants to reach out and pick your brains, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. You can message me on Twitter as well. But uh, LinkedIn is Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure to have you as a guest. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you for inviting me. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform, as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon. And thanks again.